The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, so you've been sitting there for weeks. You've known your draft position. You're picking fourth. You're picking eighth, whatever it is, and you're saying... How do I build my team? What is the best build, best way to construct my roster? Well, today we're going to look at a 12-team draft, and we're going to look at every pick or every team and how each team went about building that roster, seeing what worked and what did not work. So that should be very helpful. Also, Jonathan Taylor uh, been given permission to seek a trade. Obviously, we're going to talk about that. The Ravens lost 24 straight preseason wins. That is over thanks to a late field goal by the Commanders, and they celebrate and they win and it was triumphant, but Terry McLaurin hurt his toe. We'll talk about all of that. Got some exciting stuff to get to on today's show. If you're listening at home, not watching, is obviously if you're watching on YouTube, you're going to be able to see all the results, youtube.com slash today. See all the results of the draft that we're going to be talking about. If you're listening, I put a link in the episode description. Also, please check out the time codes because we're not going to get to the pick-by-pick pick until a little bit later. Check out the time codes. They are approximate. They, you know, they're not perfect because of the commercials, but they help. And sorry, I will get to Dave and Jamie in a moment, but I wanted to tell you two more things. If you're on YouTube, the last five minutes, we're going to end the show, and then the last five minutes, we're going to answer your questions, but only if you donate to St. Jude. There is a donate button on this page. If you donate to St. Jude, whatever you want to donate, let's say $5 minimum, we will answer your question later. Let's raise as much money as we can, and there's a live stream tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern. If you donate $25, uh, actually, I forgot the number. I'll tell you on the live stream, but there's a number. If you donate it, you can make a pick for me. You can pick my team basically. So uh, we're going to raise a lot of money for St. Jude today. All right. Good morning, Dave. Hello. What's going on, man? I feel a, a little lot. weird. Uh, someone on the show told me to fix my hair before we started. <laughs> and I, I felt like 
that was an awkward thing for that person to say. I know you've you have had the same hair every day for the last fifteen years that I've known but you. For but for some today reason today, the guy that never can get his hair right told me to fix my hair. So yeah, I know. I, I hope I look good for you, Adam. You look great, Jamie. Your hair looks perfect. Hello. <laughs> Wow. Okay. (laughs) We got to look good. So I was thinking as I was looking at all these teams from the pick by pick and and one thing really jumped out and, you know, planning your first two picks, maybe you shouldn't really set your strategy in stone or anything, but you want to plan ahead. Um, by, By the early portion of round two in most 12 team leagues, Tony Pollard, Nick Chubb, and Derrick Henry will be off the board. And at that point, the next running backs might be Jonathan Taylor and Josh Jacobs, but they might really be better off in round three. So unless you have a late pick in round one, RBRB or even a running back in round two might be off the table for you if you're just not comfortable with Jacobs or Taylor or Ramondre Stevenson or Gibbs or ETN in round two or whoever it is, you know. So... What I'm saying is if you have maybe one of the first seven or eight picks, perhaps you should just plan on not taking a running back in round two. I want to know how you guys feel about that because uh, that's what I'm noticing here with the draft that we're looking at, right? Once Pollard, Chubb, and Henry are off the board, all right, now it's a little bit riskier to take a running back in round two. So I wonder, does that mean you should take Bijan Robinson over Cooper Cup in round one? Because this, you know, it's, this solidifies your, your RB1. Uh, Jamie, what are your thoughts on on this? Um, you know, this basically Taylor and Jacobs killing the running back depth in round two. There's definitely a fall off. You know, I I think there's there's six guys you can make a case that should be top fifteen overall picks. You know, if you want to put Henry in there, so there's seven. Um, it's 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 tough to plan on you know those those running backs in round two. So you have to really I think commit yourself to okay, am I comfortable with a Bijan, Jalen Waddle start potentially, or a maybe Garrett Wilson falls, maybe Devonta Adams falls, depending on how you know you're looking at it. Or do I want to you know take the the Tyree Kill Cooper Cup route and then double up receiver or go quarterback? You know, so that's the the question I think you have to ask yourself. But you know, we may get to a point where Josh Jacobs shows up and Jonathan Taylor gets traded to hopefully a good situation, and now those running backs are are going to be good by the time we're drafting. Remember, most of the drafts are going to happen. You know, leading up to Labor Day weekend and, and, and even the few days afterwards. So I, I'm going to guess we get some clarity on that, on, on those two situations. So if you're drafting now, it's a little bit tougher. But if you're drafting when most people do, you should have those answers on Jacobs and Taylor to know that that's probably a route you want to go in round one. Isn't, isn't the answer key to just look at what running backs might be there in round three? Yeah, let's talk about that. That's because a good I, I think a lot of the names that you're talking about have a shot to get there. I think it's a, a little more of a long shot for Jacobs. And Taylor's probably going to become a round two pick now that people will feel like he can get traded. But not if he goes gets traded to a situation that he's going to be still in a committee. What team would acquire him and then pay him and then put well, him in the, the thing is, is 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 a team going to pay him? Because he could still get traded and and they'll say it to him, we're gonna, we'll work this out when we work it out. I mean, you know, he has no control over that. He doesn't have a no that's, trade clause. That yeah, that's true. But then a team might not give up a day two pick. Or a couple of picks. No, no, no team is trading him with the idea of letting him walk out the door. But of course, not. They're, 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 there's still smart. the idea of are they going to give him the contract that he is seeking to make him happy, or is it going to be an Austin Eckler pat on the back extension and say, okay, we'll we'll figure this out, but let's get this done and maybe go win a Super Bowl. Okay, but 
let me give you some like Buffalo, Buffalo, for example, has no cap space. You know, so if they acquire well, him, they could always create it. They, if, they if they really wanted Jonathan Taylor, they could go sure. and create it if they wanted sure. to. But, uh, but, but you know what I'm getting at. It's not necessarily sure. a slam dunk that he's going to a situation that's going to make him better than Jacobs, better than Stevenson, better than ETN. You know, I mean, you would think on paper, yes, but still, there's going to be a situation where he could be in still getting losing some carries where it's not as ideal as it was a year ago with Indianapolis. And of course, there's still a possibility that he goes to the perfect situation where he ends up getting a ton of work and you can project him out to 275 touches and maybe even 40 catches and a boatload of touchdowns. And, and now Taylor would be worth a first round pick. It could go any direction. And it's it's better than the direction we were going in, which is Jonathan Taylor might not play a full season for the Colts. And that that made him a round three pick to me. I moved him up on the news that they're going to let him shop around. But here are the names that I think could be there. And, and tell me if I'm cuckoo with any of these names making it to early round three. Mixon, Etienne, Gibbs, Stevenson, uh, Aaron Jones. Well, time out. Let me, I'll just tell you, let's you're not cuckoo at all because names. they're all going to be available at some point in round three. I mean, looking at all the ADP, they won't. Mix, mix it, Mixon's the one that might change. Yeah, most, if not all of them, will be available in round three. And some of them, and again, the names were Mixon, ETN, Gibbs, and Stevenson. Is that what you said? Those four running backs? Uh, Yeah, I mean, long shot that Jacobs will be there. Maybe Taylor will be there. Right. That's four to six running backs that could be available all the way through the end of round three. I looked at like four or five different, three or four different ADP sources. Yeah, those, those guys are all be there in round three. They're round three picks. I will say that round three running backs have been... Ter- like really bad value in recent years. Not all of them, but round. Mm-hmm. I mean, round three is just not a certainty, really, with any. But position. that's usually that, that, that's that, usually been the running backs thirteen through, yep, eighteen, and that's right. the, that's, that, that's not this year. You're right. Oh, this, the, now, now we're looking at running backs ten through fifteen. Right, right, right. You're absolutely right. So yeah, so I think there's a scenario in round as we talk about team building here. Where those seven running backs that you mentioned, Jamie, uh, you know, in, in any order, McCaffrey, Eckler, Bijan, Pollard, Barkley, Chubb, Henry are off the board, and eleven wide receivers are off the board, ending with say Jalen Waddle, and the next three wide receivers are that group of Olave, Higgins, Devontae Smith. So that's eighteen players plus Travis Kelsey plus in most drafts Patrick Mahomes. That's twenty players. Now you're at the back end of round two. You don't have the elite wide receivers. You don't have the elite running backs. You don't have Kelsey. You likely don't have Mahomes. What do you? We'll get back into team building lately and later and see what these teams actually did. But what do you do with your two, your rounds two and three picks if you had an early pick in round one, Jamie? Well, I, I, I mean, look, I, I know what I did in this draft. So I had Jamar Chase, and I went with Josh Jacobs, who was there, which I think still is is fine to take him at the end of round two um same thing with Mixon. same thing with taylor they're all in that range um and i just kind of played the board a little bit to see because all three quarterbacks were still available so i wasn't going to take josh allen or or the yeah i i didn't i decided i wasn't going to take one of the quarterbacks because i don't think there's that much difference so i knew i had the opportunity to get one of the three. Oh uh, so yeah mahomes, i should say that in this particular draft mahomes was still available but yeah go ahead all three quarterbacks were still yeah, available yeah so mahomes went uh, and I took Josh Allen. I think the the, the worst case scenario, honestly, is if you take Chase yes. in the first round because yeah. the two guys that you could be staring at are his teammates, and that's okay. I mean, look, it's a great place to be with the Bengals because they're 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 awesome. <laughs> right. But like, I had to pass on 
both T. Higgins and Joe Mixon. I understand passing and, on Higgins. Why did you pass on Mixon as the chase manager? Because I didn't want to take all the Bengals. And I said this when we did the draft. Like, Keith took Pollard and Lamb. And I was like, I just don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that, plus, well, yeah. first off, let me, let me, let me back up. Let me back up. I, com- I committed to Jacobs. So I wasn't going to go Jacobs-Mixon. Okay, okay. All right. Um, all right, we'll get back to that a little bit later. But just kind of an interesting thing, just understanding the drop-off at running back because there are going to be a lot of drafts. Like I could see a draft now where Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry or Tony Pollard goes early in round two, and you may not you may not see another running back until round three. Uh, you just might not. So it's a little unusual. I don't think we're used to seeing that. Okay, Taylor, Taylor will get Taylor will get drafted now in the second round. Yeah, let's talk more about Jonathan Taylor here. Let's get into the news and notes. We'll get into uh, McLaurin's toe as well. And uh, Jonathan Taylor, Dave, you said you moved them into round two. Mm-hmm. Be, just being the opportunity, having the opportunity to seek a trade, uh, certainly not a certainty that he will be traded. What's your read on this situation? I, the the very first thought I had was, when was the last time a player was given the opportunity to seek a trade and then wasn't traded? And Eckler. the answer is Austin Eckler. <laughs> yeah, it just happened. Right, right. And, but Eckler got like a new contract. He got a few extra bucks, and uh, and he seems happy with it. So. That's possible. It's still very possible that Jonathan Taylor stays in Indianapolis. But the fact that he's able to seek a trade, that tells me that the ankle injury really isn't that big of a deal. We don't have to sweat that anymore. And there's potential for him to end up in a significantly better situation than than where he is now, which is on a team with a rookie quarterback who's a better runner than thrower at this point in his career and could take work away from Taylor. And that makes him a little less desirable than he normally would be. So the the fact that he could be on a different team uh, puts puts him right back in round two for me. I would I would consider him before taking any of the quarterbacks, Mahomes, Hurts, or Allen. Jamie, I uh, I would just like to see him get left in Philly. <laughs> like that would be the best. Oh, that'd be here. amazing. I don't know, guys. I, I I don't like the fact that we're so close to the start of the season now, and he might change teams. I don't know if he's really injured. You know, Dave, you said you're not really considering it a huge deal. Not anymore. But not if not, they're letting him seek a trade. But it's not, I mean, it's, obviously it's not a great situation for Taylor. Here, no, so. no. I, I, like I said, I think he's going to get drafted in round two. I'm still leaving him in round three. I think there's just, you're still talking about, there's going to be a ramp up period here. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're, we're probably not looking at the best of Jonathan Taylor until maybe like week three, maybe week four. And, to your point, Adam, a doctor has to keep him on the pup list. This isn't just, hey, I'm on the pup list, thanks. You know, <laughs> like Christian Wilkins, for example, is a good, good, good comparison. He's waiting for a contract. He's a hold in. Right. He's not. He's not on the pup list. You right. know, so a doctor has to has to medically put him there. So there's still something wrong with his ankle to some degree. It could be minor. I, I'm with Dave. I, I I think it's always been about his contract, but there's still there still has to be a reason why he's on the pup list. So. Who knows what the two absences were where he left Indianapolis? One was reportedly to deal with his ankle. One was reportedly for a personal situation. Right. Um, again, knows? you know, we we don't know what's going on, but I still think you're just you you have to be a little bit. And and I know there are different players in different situations. Alvin Kamara is missing three weeks, and we're drafting him in round five. Jonathan Taylor may not be Jonathan Taylor until that point in the season as well, and we're talking about drafting him in round two. Well, where's the most likely destination for him? Is it still Indianapolis? The most likely? Yeah, I mean, yeah. if they're asking for a first-round pick, they're not getting that. No. And, and, and as, Dave, as Dave brought up, 
you know, a team that's going to trade for him to give up significant capital is not doing so for a one-year rental unless it's like, again, the Eagles or the Bills, you know, teams that are just looking at, okay, we use him for this season and then we win a Super Bowl or at least have a chance to, and then he can be discarded. So I, I think you look at those type of teams, and I put Kansas City in that mix too. I saw Baltimore as a team that, that looked at it. I um, actually did a, a, a Zoom call for one of our St. Jude things with a, a great you know, viewer of ours, Sam. And uh, Sam said, he's a Colts fan. He's like, the Bears make a lot of sense. They have cap space, they have draft capital, and there's the Eberflus connection. You know, I was like, oh, that does make some sense. Yeah. You know, if they, yeah. if they wanted to give, you know, Justin Fields a little bit more protection. So um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of teams, I, I think, you know, that we probably would not expect. Like, you, you rule out Arizona. They're not giving up, uh, you know, draft capital for a running back. You know, teams like that, you can get, get off the, 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 the table. Um, the Jets, you know, I don't think they're doing that. You know, teams, teams of that anymore. nature. But, but I, I think Miami's obviously got to be in the mix. I think Philly's got to be in the mix. I still think Buffalo, Kansas City, Baltimore would not surprise me either. You know, Dark if they horse, decide to uh, Minnesota. How do you feel about Minnesota? And Minnesota, you know, that that was when you know what I was talking about competition. You know, I wonder what they would do if they brought in Taylor and how much they would use still somebody like Madison, especially early in the season. I, I think that's going to be the big key is what happens early in the season. And don't forget, remember the the Broncos had said if Josh Jacobs was available. They would consider it. That was more if he was the if the franchise tag was rescinded. I believe that was the story. Yeah. Um, again, a team with you know aspirations to be better maybe than we think they are, but they probably view themselves as a Super Bowl contender. You know, knowing that they could upgrade that running back room as well. Uh, so, what about Deion Jackson or Evan Hull? You guys want to draft a Colts running back at this point? Not particularly. I still think Zach Moss by the end of the season will be the one that leads him in carries. Yeah, so maybe, maybe, or they could they could sign Kareem Hunt. They can trade and, away. And, that, and uh, that, was, that was the other part of it. Yeah, is, is yeah. Cream Hunt was already rumored to be looking there. So right, he didn't um, he meet with him. Uh, I believe when the 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 Saints scenario right. arose, he was uh, going he there. I don't know if he actually Indy. went. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. You want a dark horse team? Yeah, yeah. Carolina. Frank Reich's there. He was there when they drafted Jonathan Taylor. It's going to be a similar offense. Yeah, but they just they just paid. Miles Sanders. Like. They did, and they could potentially trade him to Indy as part of the deal where he would be reunited with Shane Ooh, Steichen fun. and be right back in a similar offense. Steichen clearly liked him. I went back and read quotes and all that stuff. And of course, a coach is going to say glowing things, but you saw what Sanders did last year in Philadelphia. He would get plenty of opportunities there. Um, I think it's going to take a bonehead franchise to acquire Jonathan Taylor and then pay him what does he want? Like twelve million a year? That would make him a top five running back on the on the salary scale. Yeah, uh, Carolina right. might be one of those bonehead franchises. And to be fair, they've got a, a quarterback who's on a rookie deal, so might be able to balance the cap for a few years with Bruce, Bryce Young's deal being what it is, and Jonathan Taylor going there. I I think it's actually a decent fit where it's like Sanders and a, a second round pick in twenty twenty five. For Jonathan Taylor, and then the Panthers back up the Brinks truck for Taylor. It's just so funny because, you know, when a running back gets paid, people say, God, this team is so stupid for paying a running back. And then when a running back becomes a free agent, we say, this team is so pathetic for not paying this running back. <laughs> it's, it happens all the time. And, it's you know, true. It's, it's just like, well, come on, we have to figure out what side we want to be on in this. Yeah. Um, all right. Like, and, and I, and I will say, on. if he's, if he, Philadelphia would be, Philadelphia or Cincinnati are like the dream spots, but Philadelphia. Oh, I, I don't, I don't see spot. either franchise doing it. You think since he's a dream spot, they're not going to cut Mixon? If Mixon, yeah, Mixon will go and Taylor moves in and gets his workload. But 
Cincinnati doesn't make trades like this. I don't think they would do it. And they've got their own contracts to extend in the very near future. Right, and I wanna, Philly, I, talk about I don't McClure. see Philly giving $12 million to Jonathan Taylor. Do you? I want to talk about McLaurin no. here, uh, if we could move on. Uh, Terry McLaurin. It's, it's, just, it's fun to talk about with Taylor. No, it certainly is. Um, I think we you know, covered it pretty pretty well there. I bet his hair looks good today. <laughs> uh, McLaurin hurt his, his toe. Uh, x-rays were negative. Might have a sprained toe. They start Could with be turf toe. Cardin- yeah, that's no good. They start with the Cardinals in week one, then some tough matchups at Denver, Buffalo, at Philadelphia. Although Buffalo defense didn't look so good a couple of days ago. But ah. All right, are you guys moving Terry McLaurin down in your rankings right now? We don't know too much at this point. Yeah, I'd rather draft Dotson. They're really close for me. Um, yeah, I, I could see myself moving McLaurin down at least one, three, four, three or four spots and among my receivers. Behind who? He would go behind Drake London. He would go behind Kirk, Michael Williams, Ayuk. Potentially Jordan Addison as well. Maybe probably Jordan Addison as well. And man, Dotson. They both looked Dotson, really good last yeah. night. Dotson can move up too. We'll talk about that game in a moment. Washington played their starters on offense for the first half against the Ravens backups. And look yeah. good, thankfully. <laughs> uh, They've only looked good this preseason against backups. When they took on the Browns starters without Miles Garrett, they were a mess. And yeah. So they, they had a week to fix it, and they, they did look much improved. The offensive line looked mostly better uh, against Baltimore's backups. Devon A-Chain, week to week with a shoulder injury. We don't know much about Joe Burrow right now, but uh, Zach Taylor, the head coach, said Joe Burrow looks great walking around. So the reports have been good, but he's not out there doing much. All right. He'll be fine. Miles Sanders returned to practice. Eagles, I did not hear this, guys. I did not listen. I don't know if you had a chance to, but Eagles beat reporter Bo Wolf was on the Athletic Football Podcast. And I guess he said that he thinks the Eagles want it to be DeAndre Swift's backfield, but he also predicted that Kenneth Gainwell will end up playing the most just because he's been dependable. I don't know if that was an injury forecast for Swift, but I, I you know, I don't know what. Well, to- wouldn't it make sense for the Eagles to want to try and keep Swift healthy all season so he can contribute every week? I don't know. You tell me around where you take all three of their running backs, twelve team league. Uh, I am at round eight for Swift. Uh, I have sunk Penny. I'm really not that interested. Late round nine, early round 10. Gainwell, round 10. Okay. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco could play in this week's preseason game. Nice. Dolphins offensive lineman Robert Jones is out four to six weeks with a sprained MCL. He was competing for a starting spot. Uh, They are hopeful that Teron Armstead, their left tackle, will be back for week one. And Baltimore's 24-game preseason win streak was snapped last night. We'll talk about that game in just a moment. I want to tell you about our draft-a-thon. It is about a week away. Uh, It is on Wednesday the 30th at 4 p.m. until 10 p.m. And we have so many great guests coming on, 4 to 10 p.m. Eastern. It's all on YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football today. As part of our draft-a-thon, we want you to donate tinyurl.com slash fftdonate. A lot of things you can bid on there, including a spot in our Leftovers Podcast League. And speaking of the Podcast League, I owe everyone a huge apology. I completely forgot about the contest to get into the Podcast League. Our draft is Monday, the 28th, at 8 p.m. Eastern. And if we have only four spots left, because we've given away a lot through other contests, 
uh, through donations to St. Jude. We've raised a lot of money for charity. That's great. But we have four spots left in that league, plus some spots left in the aforementioned Leftovers League. If you want to be in a podcast league, okay, flood my inbox. Here we go. Put podcast league in the subject line. Email fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. That's the letter I. Put podcast league in the subject line. Do not ask any fantasy questions. Just tell us why you want to be in the league. Or write a funny poem. Or draw a funny picture. Or record a funny song. We love clever things, especially things I could play on the show. Um, But if you do do something like that, please put it on YouTube and give me a YouTube link. I don't want to be downloading anything. Anyway, please put podcast league in the subject line and email us. You have... Uh, less than a week left. We'll, I'll be picking people over the weekend. So you really only, really only have a few days here. Uh, send them in. Okay. And at the end of this show, in case you missed that announcement on YouTube, at the end of this show, stick around. Donate $5 or more to St. Jude. Ask us questions. We're only asking questions if you donate. Hit that donate button right there. You can donate right now. Donate $5 or more to St. Jude. Donate more than that, huh? And we'll answer your questions later. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, any thoughts on Washington 29, Baltimore 28? Again, this was the Washington first-team offense against the Baltimore backups, and very good numbers. Sam Howell, 19 of 25, 188 yards and two touchdowns. Interesting that the running backs were so involved, but 25 pass attempts in one half is a crazy amount. But four catches for Robinson, three for Gibson. They split carries almost evenly. Dotson had a huge game. Uh, Jamie, any takeaways from the Washington offense, basically? And then, of course, Zay Flowers with a touchdown on one drive. No, I think it's encouraging for Robinson. You know, the fact that he's involved in the in the passing game is, and, and any involvement in the passing game is big for him. You know, so... He's going to end up, I think, being one of the better value picks on draft day. You know, you're getting him somewhere around round six, round seven, depending on the format. And that's, I think, a pretty good spot to be in. But I still think Gibson's the better one in PPR just because I think he will be much more involved in the passing game by the end of the season. Um, and I think Sam Howell's a great number two quarterback. You know, good option in a two QB league. Um, he's uh, ahead of that group that we talked about yesterday of Love and Pickett and Purdy. Um, I think once he starts to see his legs and, and what he's able to do in that regard, as long as Terry McLaurin's healthy, clearly. But uh, he's got, I think, more upside than all those guys. Yeah, Robinson, if you look at the way they use the running backs, not just this week, but last week as well, it's not like Robinson's on first and second down and then Gibson comes in on third down. They're both playing on on different downs and they're both catching passes. So um, you said, I think, six or seven for Robinson. Maybe that'll be the case after this performance, but his ADP is more like late round eight maybe into round nine for Brian Robinson. 
Um, which which running back do you guys take first for the Commanders? Gibson and PPR, Robinson and half and none. I'll take Robinson in, in all formats. Okay. Would you take Samaj P. Ryan or a Commanders running back? P. Ryan. Okay. Would you take Kenneth Gainwell or a Commanders running back? Commanders running back. Both Commanders running backs. Okay. That's right. And another nice performance for Dotson. And then Zay Flowers did this. I mean, obviously he was playing with backups. And again, I mean, mostly backups for Washington. They didn't really play their starters on defense. Sure, but when, when you make plays like he's making, and you made two of them in the game, the one that scored the touchdown is the better one, obviously. It's going to get attention from fantasy managers, so you'll see him get reached for a little bit. I, still, I, I like him in round eight. I would take him in that range as a... Uh, quality bench receiver. Don't really want to start him unless it's like three receivers in a flex, something like that. Oh man, I, I feel and, like, I feel oh, like, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, he's I, my, he's my favorite Ravens receiver. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. Let's go to our pick by pick series. All right. Um, all right. So this is, well, a, this is not our pick by pick series. This is a review of a mock draft. You're right. Well, it's, it's our, it's our pick by pick, uh, uh, series on this podcast and by gotcha. series i mean the next 30 minutes of your life so um very short it's a mini series uh it's an after school special this is a really tough thing to do for me uh in terms of giving this advice and structuring the show and the biggest reason why is our drafts are very different than average draft position so that's the first thing i need to point out in ADP, quarterbacks and to a degree tight ends go earlier than the way we draft. And not just the way we draft, but anytime we invite listeners or viewers into our drafts, it seems like the way they draft as well. Anyone who's been influenced by FFT. Um, so that's why when you see, if you're looking at this draft, whether you click the link in the episode description or you're watching at youtube.com slash fantasy football today. By the way, if you go there and you can't find the stream, hit the live tab. If you're looking at this draft, the wide receivers that you see in round four, a lot of those guys are going to go in round five. Um, they just, in a normal draft, in a 12-team league, and based on average draft position. Um, the running backs that you see going in round five, Many of them are going to go in round six or seven. You know, that's one of the things I noticed about ADP. Uh, guys like Kamara, James Conner, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Rashad White, Alexander Madison, their ADPs are all after pick 60. They're all round six or later. Some of them, you could get maybe Cam Akers round seven or eight. Um, Madison goes a lot later in ADP than he does in our draft. So that's why this is so difficult because I'm sitting here, we're going to sit here and tell you, well, this is when you should get your RB2 or whatever. You might be able to wait an extra round. Uh, this run of wide receivers that takes us basically to about 23 or 24 wide receivers in the rankings, it ends in round four in our drafts. It's probably going to end in round five in your drafts. So that's kind of the disclaimer I have to give when we do this. Uh, I don't know if you guys, we could leave it at that or if you want to, add on to, to that comment or, or this challenge basically uh, between balancing what you're going to see in our rankings in our drafts and what you're going to see in ADP across multiple websites. Yeah, that's fine. That's no, you're right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I don't know if there's anything else to really say. Uh, one thing I noticed about this draft, there were only two teams out of 12, by the way, this was a three receiver. I'm going to, I'm going to try to also try to balance between how to draft in three receiver and two receiver leagues with both of them having a flex. 
This is a three-receiver PPR league. There were only two teams that didn't have either a top eight quarterback, so that would be from Mahomes to Lawrence, or a top seven tight end from Kelsey to whether it's Kittle, Goddard, uh, Waller, whatever the last tight end would be. So that was team uh, eight, Jacob Gibbs. He has Deshaun Watson and Greg Dulcich. And team 12, O.J. Weber, has Anthony Richardson and and Aaron Rodgers and Evan Ingram. So that's a question for you guys. Dave, you can start. Do you feel it's important to have either one or the other, if not both, a top eight quarterback, a top seven tight end? If you can make it happen without reaching, then of course you'd love to do it. Um, the, the the rule that I followed is you don't want to have a, a top tight end and a top quarterback within your first five picks. And I found that this year it's definitely the case because I'm missing out on good talent. If I take a top tight end early, I find myself waiting for quarterback later. If I take a top quarterback early, I don't want to take a tight end until really late. When it, When we're talking about the top seven or top eight at each of those positions, then you can probably get one of those guys and maybe even both of those positions filled in rounds six and seven. And I, I love that. I love the idea of starting your draft with, you know, some combination of running backs and wide receivers with your first five picks. You take the best available quarterback in round six. Hopefully that's somebody like, honestly, hopefully that's Burrow and that people are letting Burrow slide because they're just not sure about the calf. They see that injury tag next to his name. They get skittish. Don't be that way. I think Burrow's still going to be amazing. Or it's Trevor Lawrence, which is just good value on him. And then you take the best of the remaining three of Waller, Kittle, Goddard in round seven. When it works out that way, it's great. And if it doesn't work out that way and you get one and not the other, you know that you can still find somebody later in your draft. You can do it in the double-digit rounds to find a starter at either of those positions. Let me just push back on the don't draft a wide receiver, or I'm sorry, don't draft a quarterback and a tight end with your first five picks. If you knew that ADP was going to hold, and you could look at Connor, Madison, Dobbins, Rashad White, uh, who else, Kamara maybe, in round six, then would that change your mind? Maybe a little, yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe though, because now if I'm, t- if let's say that happens and I'm still taking a quarterback and a tight end, that means in the way that I draft, it'll be one running back and two wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the mocks we do, it's three wide receivers and a flex. Uh, I, I don't like that. I'd, I'd rather spend one of those other two picks on on a wide receiver. Okay. Jamie, did you want to add, add anything to this discussion about having uh, a top seven tight end and a top eight quarterback and, or, you know, at least one of those two things? Well, I'm, I'm not going to pass up if I get Travis Kelsey in round one and let's say, you know, one of Hertz or Allen most likely are there in round three. You know, so that's just silly if you're going to play the board. But yeah, I think if it comes to any, any other tight end, then yes, I would rather wait. Uh, the team that took Kelsey in this draft could have taken Jalen Hurts in round three, took Joe Mixon instead, and then got Trevor Lawrence in round seven. The team with the first pick took Patrick Mahomes and Mark Andrews at the 2-3 turn. So why don't we start with that? And I, I thought maybe we'd lump it by picks of, you know, by thirds. So the first three picks, the next three picks... Uh, the only problem was, well, I'll explain later, because teams five through seven all started the same way with running back in round one, wide receiver in round two. I wanted to compare them. But let's start with the first three picks here. And Jefferson and Chase, 
seem pretty damn likely to be top three picks. In this draft, it was Jefferson, McCaffrey, Chase. Jamie, you did have the third pick here. But yeah, I mean, this kind of continues our discussion from earlier because Jacobs and Taylor did go in this range. Some drafts I've been doing lately, I've seen them both fall into early third round here. But, um, you know, is there a best way to build a team? These three teams, one, two, and three, built their teams very differently. Zach at team one started Jefferson, Mahomes, Mark Andrews. Um, Uh. Mason took McCaffrey, Taylor, and Higgins. That was the only team in this draft that started RBRB from spot two. McCaffrey, Taylor, Higgins. Jamie took Chase, Jacobs, Josh Allen. So, like, really different starts here. Um, Jamie, any thoughts on the best way to begin your draft if you have a top three pick? Well, I I think in the case of how this draft unfolded, first off, this was the earliest I think we've seen Olave go. So that that kind of changed some things. And for me, like, for example, if Olave was there, I probably, I, I, I shouldn't say I probably, I would have considered it. Again, I like Higgins better than Olave. I think Higgins should be drafted ahead of Olave, but I drafted Chase, so I wasn't going to go Chase Higgins. So that was kind of how things unfolded for me personally. Um, again, knowing that all three quarterbacks were still available when it got to my pick, I knew I had the opportunity to get one of them, so I wasn't going to take one in round two because I don't think there's that much difference between, in this order, Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts. So that's kind of how I played that. So it was just a matter of, okay, I think if Jacobs does report on time, he's got the chance to still be a first-round caliber player. And so it was just too good of a value to pass up at that point. I wasn't taking Taylor at that spot. And so for me, it was, okay, I'll know I got a quarterback in round three if that's how I'm going to commit to it. And I'm going to take the best available player, which at that point was Josh Jacobs. If you start your team running back, or sorry, wide wide receiver, oh man, it's tough because you're at that stage where you just, you don't know if Jalen Waddle might fall to you and, Let's say you're in the second round. Is is the second round, and you, as you mentioned, this was the earliest we've seen Alave go. Uh, he went just before your pick, which was 21st. So he went 21st. You had the 22nd pick. But Devontae Smith also went 18th. So um, Early, yes. Yeah. yeah, so those guys went super early. There were 13 wide receivers off the board by the time we got to Jamie's pick, 21st, 22nd overall. I mean, you know, you know why they did. Why? Because people are afraid yeah. of taking Jacobs or Taylor. Right, right. So, um, yeah. But it's also, it's also, this is one of the later drafts. We've seen the quarterbacks, quarterbacks go. Right, Mahomes. At least the first quarterback. Right, only 24th. one quarterback in round two. Yep. It, I guess my question is, as I stumble to it, round three and four, if you're picking one through three in a 12-team league, round three or four, do you expect running back or wide receiver to be stronger for you, to be better in round three and four, or no preference, or not oh, preference, think, but no I, no opinion on that. No, I I think I, I don't know if it's saying that running back will be stronger in round three and round four. And remember, those are very different picks because round three you're talking about early round three, and round four you're talking about late round four. So you're going to be waiting a while after that round three pick. I think there will be names there. I'm not saying that these are going to be the best names in the world, and you're going to be fired up about. Um, Alexander Madison or James Conner. If you, you might even be fortunate enough to get Damian Pierce. They're all kind of the same type of running back. Um, But there will be running backs there who you can take. I don't know if I I love the wide receivers 
that'll be there in late round four compared to what'll be there in late round in early round three. I almost feel like if you've got one of those early picks and you take Jefferson, um, maybe you're maybe you're planning on zero RB or at least but until actually, round four. This is so this is why I have to jump in because this is the difference between our leagues and ADP. Because in ADP, you are looking at Jerry Judy, DJ Moore, DeAndre Hopkins, all being available to you late in round four and into round five. So not so you can't assume that all of them will be there, but you could assume that one of them will probably be there. Christian Watson is another guy. These guys are are th- yeah, some okay. of them are around three picks in That's our draft. Right? Yeah, no. So, if those guys, if I yeah. knew those guys would be there in late round four, that would change the calculus. Yeah, so just kind of kind of uh, pay attention. But that, that that's also based on I don't know what ADP you're looking at, but that's you know we're we're seeing Burrow go a little too soon for our taste. We're seeing Lamar Jackson go a little bit too soon for our taste. You know, certainly on our yeah, ADP. But that's what happens. You know, all, all those guys are going. Well, depends. You know, I, I again our ADP is a little skewed because it's all the drafts lumped together. You know, so Superflex, two QB, all those things. So it's hard to know which which ones are actually going in one quarterback leagues. But I think even the majority of ADPs, you're seeing those guys in, in round three and round four as opposed to rounds two and round three. And so that's why I think some of those receivers are getting pushed down. The, can those you, quarterbacks, can you, Bur- can you, Burrow, Lamar Jackson, for example. Can you run down the running backs that are in that late round four ADP? Sure. Damian Pierce. Um, right. Let's see. Uh, RB. Sorry. Damian Pierce. Uh, Ken, Damian Ken Walker. Pierce- uh, Miles Sanders, J.K. Dobbins. Now we're, we're really into late round five at this point. Alexander right. Madison. You know, mm-hmm. uh, all right. Uh, I think I've waited, it's all wasted right. enough so time here. So here's the thing. <laughs> if you're picking early, if you're in slot one, slot two, slot three, and you liked the names of the wide receivers that were there in late round four, then you should plan on taking a wide receiver in round four. That opens the door to you taking a running back in round three if you didn't take one in round one or two. And if if Allen or Hertz falls to in round three, you should feel pretty good based on ADP about taking them there and who you can get at running back and wide receiver in rounds four and five. That's also a good call. Okay, so I just want to take a look at Zach's team. It's team one, and and he took he took a quarterback and a tight end with two of his first three picks. Exactly. So he went Jefferson. Well, let's see how he did. And at twenty four and twenty five, he took Mahomes and Andrews. Mahomes is likely off the board in, in almost every draft at 24. Um, but let's say that was Josh Allen and Mark Andrews or Jalen Hurts and Mark Andrews, whatever it may be. So then he goes Najee Harris. And he did this before this awful preseason came for him, but still 48th overall. Najee Harris, Alexander Madison. Now, he could have had Miles Sanders. He could have had Ken Walker, Brees Hall, Alvin Kamara, David Montgomery. So take your pick of, that, of two of those, right? Najee Harris, Alexander Madison, whichever two it could be. He's definitely a little weak at wide receiver after Jefferson. Mike Williams, George Pickens, Traylon Burks, um, Alan Lazard, John Mechie really late. So this is a lineup from the one spot of Mahomes, Najee, and Madison, Jefferson, Mike Williams, George Pickens, Mark Andrews, and then probably Dalvin Cook at flex. And he also has Dalton Kincaid. But um, I think we, what we said at the time was like, we didn't hate the strategy. We just didn't love some of the picks. Correct. Because, I mean, again, you're talking about number one receiver, number one overall player, yeah. number one quarterback by the time scoring is done, probably number one overall player if he holds, and then number two tight end. So for most weeks, he's winning three positions, which is right. a pretty good place to start with. 
And so again, we're, we're down on Najee. We've got some questions on Madison, but like you said, the, the theory is there of getting two running backs that could still be starters and top 15 caliber guys. So I again, I don't, I, I don't hate that. And then, Again, we're nitpicking the, the the positions here, but because he went with those three picks to start his team, he was going to be weak somewhere, especially the way that the board played out. So he took, in in his opinion, the two best running backs at the time and then the two best receivers at the time. And so if Williams and Pickens, let's just say they're top 30 receivers, so if if everything, we're playing glass half full here, but you know Jefferson does what he does, Mahomes does what he does, Andrews does what he does, two top 15 running backs and then two top 30 receivers, He's going to be in most games and probably winning a lot of them. All right. So the big takeaway from picks one through three is that at the four or five turn, you should still like what you're seeing at wide receiver and running back should give you a little bit more confidence to take a quarterback or a tight end, maybe in round three, that tight end of course would have to be Mark Andrews. All right, let's go to team four here because I want to lump teams five through seven together. And team four is interesting as a standalone team because team four drafted Travis Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey in round one. So how did this team do? Well, it managed to get that top eight quarterback by taking the eighth one and Trevor Lawrence in round seven. So that gives you Kelsey in round one, Lawrence in round seven, and then you load up at running back and wide receiver in rounds two through six. And, uh, you know, Olave went pretty early. So there is that. But he took Olave in round two, Mixon in round three, Drake London in round four, and that was an interesting pick because that was at the end of a really long run of wide receivers. I'll talk about that in a second. Ken Walker in round five, Tyler Lockett in round six, Lawrence in round seven. So that gives him, after seven rounds, Lawrence at quarterback, Mixon and Walker at running back, Olave, London, and Lockett at wide receiver, Kelsey at tight end, and then the flex will be Antonio Gibson or Sky Moore, or maybe Jalen Warren, uh, who he took later. I know it's a lot to to listen to. So it's Lawrence, Mixon Walker, Olave, London, Lockett, Kelsey, and let's say Antonio Gibson or Sky Moore at flex. How did this team do, Dave? And, and one thing that really bit this team was beginning, where's this, this crazy wide receiver run that begins with um, Calvin Ridley. It was something like uh, 10 wide receivers in 14 picks. And so Ridley, Keenan Allen, DJ Moore, Jerry Judy, Cooper, Watson, Hopkins, Debo, Metcalf, all off the board. And then this team had to take Drake London in round four. Maybe they shouldn't. Maybe they should have taken Aaron Jones instead. Um, mm. But this this is cool. I mean, this is Kelsey and Lawrence and then just filling out running back and wide receiver in between five rounds. Where where did they get Lawrence? Six? Seven. So, that, so awesome value on Trevor Lawrence to go with Travis Kelsey. And normally what we say, and, and we did say this with Andrews, if you're going to have a stud tight end, you're going to be weak somewhere else. Where is he weak here? Because Olave, yeah, maybe he reached a little bit in around two. Maybe this is part of the reason why there was that crazy wide receiver run that you were talking about was because some wide receivers went earlier than expected in round two. But Olave, London, Lockett, and Sky Moore um, with Bateman on the bench, I don't think that that's such a bad receiving core. It's not dominant, but it's good. Uh, if it, it, it might come down to Mixon and Walker, if those guys exceed expectations, especially Walker, this team's awesome. If they meet expectations, this team's a playoff team. If they fall below expectations, I'm not sure how good they'll be. But I, I, I don't mind this team at all. It's not my favorite, but it's good. I think it's a question, though, right? You do have this this wide receiver run. Jamie dealt with it, too. 
because Jamie had the third pick, right? So he was picking after Matthew took Drake London. And you get this run of wide receivers. It was, I think it was 10 and 14 picks, as I said. And then after that, you get one wide receiver in the next 13 picks, I think. So Jamie said, I'm not reaching for wide receiver. I'm going to take Aaron Jones in round four. After that, Deontay Johnson went off the board. And after that, we have a full round before we get another wide receiver. So did this team make a mistake by taking London over Aaron Jones? I mean, I would say yes. Tell me the type of receiver that they would have gotten later. Uh, because Ayuk, maybe in round five, he would have had to reach for Ayuk. Dotson. Yeah, that's not that. I would have rather had Jones and Ayuk. Okay. All right, let's uh, let's take a break here. I'd love to spend more time on each team, but the lesson here, if you take Travis Kelsey fourth overall, you you know, if you make Trevor Lawrence the focal point of your strategy, Lawrence and Kelsey, maybe you have to take Lawrence around six. If you have to take him earlier than that, then it might not be worth it, but that's fine. Just load up on running back and receiver in between. Let's take a break. When we come back, comparing teams five through seven, which includes my team, we all started the same way. Let's see how they finished. We'll be right back. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. All right, building your team from the middle of your draft here. We look at rounds five through seven, or teams five through seven, sorry. I had the fifth pick, Dan Schneier the sixth pick, and one of our listeners, Joel Cox, had the seventh pick, and we went Eckler, Bijan, Barkley. So at this point, only two receivers were off the board, Jefferson and Chase, and we decided to take Eckler, Bijan, and Barkley ahead of Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, Stefan Diggs. Remember, McCaffrey was off the board, and Kelsey was off the board, so... These three teams all started Eckler or all started running back, wide receiver in rounds one and two. And then round three was different, but round four was also a wide receiver in this three receiver format. So you went running back, receiver, something, receiver. The difference was I took Travis Etienne in round three, Dan took Jalen Hurts, and Joel took Lamar Jackson. And if we focus on rounds three and five, I took ETN and Fields. Schneier took Hertz and Hall. And Joel took Lamar Jackson and, and TJ Hawkinson. So you've got very different teams. Uh, well, not very different, but you've got different teams there. 
And I wonder, if you start running back receiver, as all three of these teams did, Jamie, uh, what, what is the best way to proceed after that, after going running back receiver? I think you're just playing the board. I mean, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, what's the best player available to you? Like, you, know, you had a very tough decision in round three of ETN versus Jalen Hurts. Yep. You know, and it was, you know, I, I think most people would probably take Hurts just because of the value of what he brings and, and, and the potential. But, you know, I wonder for your, your situation, you, you kind of got a gift, I think, knowing how this draft unfolded to get Metcalf in round four. But if you had taken Hertz there, let's just say you take Hertz and still get Metcalf, and instead of taking Fields, you're taking a guy that you like in Ken Walker. Well, he went the pick before me, but I I did I do like Hertz better than ETN. I took ETN to kind of try something different, or maybe I maybe I was drafting and hosting and missed Hertz. I don't know, but um, I like the combination of Fields and ETN, my combination, better than Dan's, which is Hertz and Hall. Um. I like that. But is yeah, that what, because what, of Hall? Yes. Okay. What what I'm getting at though is, you know, let let's just say you don't take um ETN and that pushes the running backs down a little bit, you know. So put Walker there. I, I like Fields and ETN better than Hertz and Ken Walker. I'm surprised by that. I like Fields a lot. You might I may haven't really talked about that a lot, but I do like Fields quite a no, bit. No, I I'm not saying I you don't, but I I know you like Walker, and I'm gonna guess there's probably Speak for yourself, but is there a, a bigger gap between Hertz and Fields or ETN and Walker? There's a bigger gap between ETN and Walker. Okay. For me. Because I'm just saying, usually the way you talk about Walker is you're very high on him. So I do like him a lot. I, I, I love him in round five because at that point, you know, well, in our drafts anyway, most of the wide receivers available I don't love. So I go to Walker, but there are like there are a lot of wide receivers in ADP that I like better than Walker, like Jerry Judy and DJ Moore going in that range. But how do you, who do you like better? Which combo do you like better, Fields and ETN or Hertz and, J- and Ken Walker? I like Hertz and Walker better. Dave? But I probably wouldn't have taken Walker there. I'm just playing you, being you. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I like Hertz better. I would have taken Hertz in round three. What about the Lamar Jackson, TJ Hawkinson build? So that team has Barkley, Devontae Smith, Lamar Jackson, DeAndre Hopkins, TJ Hawkinson. So this team ended up with Cam Akers in round seven as his RB2. That's a starting lineup of Jackson, Barkley, and Akers. Devontae Smith, which is super early, before Jalen Waddell or Devontae Adams. So keep that in mind. That could have been a different receiver. Devontae Smith, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk in a three-receiver league. And then TJ Hawkinson. Flex might be a little weak, maybe. A.J. Dillon, Charbonnet, Brian Robinson actually looking like a decent flex. I, I like this. Team. I don't love the Devontae Smith pick. I would have taken Waddle. I'm sure you guys would have too, or Devontae Adams ahead of Smith. But I like this build a lot, and that is a tight end and a receiver in rounds three and five. So, Dave, you said you don't want to do that, but I like the way this team turned out. Yeah, I like it too. We're, we're talking about a, a hero RB type of build. Would we like it as much if he didn't get Akers? No, that was a very um, fortuitous pick. But he could have had Pacheco I think or so Khalil too. Herbert and, or Swift. They were all still there. I, I don't I don't like the Lamar pick, though, in round three. No, that felt a little early. It, it's true, but I guess my point is, let's say that was Mark Andrews or something like that. You know, my point is you don't have to go with a running back or receiver there because he did pretty well at receiver and running back given the fact that he didn't take a second running back until round seven. That's my take. Do you agree with that? Well, he couldn't have had Andrews. 
Right, but let's say, uh, yes. Right. But based on ADP, he could potentially have Andrews. Yeah, I'm but I, saying, I'm not worried about ADP because we, we, this whole draft would be flipped upside down if it was ADP. So if he goes Barkley, like Barkley, receiver, and that's Ridley, love that team. And then where do you get your quarterback? Where you take Kirk, maybe? Yeah, and could he have gotten Trevor Lawrence there? Yeah. All right, so then, then the last thing was, he let's say have. Jalen Hurts had fallen one more pick. Then I still think you've got a pretty good build if you go Barkley, But that, Adams, that that's that's Hertz. the difference between a gift and a reach. As much as I like Lamar Jackson, there should be a little bit more of a gap between where those top three guys go and the next three guys. All right, so all right, last point here, because I'm trying to make a point about building your team with a quarterback in round three and TJ Hawkinson in round five. You know, yeah. let, let's say that had been my go team, right? Let's say I go Eckler, Adams, Jalen Hurts, um, Metcalf, Hawkinson, and then I take James Cook and, and Gabe Davis. Like, I still think that team looks pretty good. I roll out Jalen Hurts at quarterback, Eckler and James Cook at running back, not bad. Devontae not bad. Adams, DK Metcalf, Gabe Davis at wide receiver. I love that. Then I took Najoku at tight end. But isn't that what Dan did, essentially? Uh, no, because... And, and you're, you're talking about a tight end that you're not taking with a Be, top because, 60 pick. Because Dan just got the tight end one round later. No, he got the tight end two rounds later, but... Two rounds later, but... Kittle. I mean, if 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 we're all wrong on Kittle... Okay, fine. So you like you like Waller a lot in round five. I guess I'm saying if you want to take Hawkinson or your favorite Pitts or Waller in round five, the depth in round six and seven at running back and receiver seems okay. Where you can have a quarterback and a wide and a tight end in your first five picks and and yes, in in, in theory it does work. But again, you know we're seeing we're not going to see Hurts for the most part in the middle of round three. That just hasn't been happening. What's the ADP? Okay, let's depends see. where you look. In our side, he's round one. Yeah. So on our side, he's round one. Most what sites, about, he's usually at the end of round two, beginning of round three. I mean, I've got Fantasy Pro's full PPR open right here. All right, so so then you he's, probably should He's at 22, so late round two. All right, so you shouldn't prepare to have Allen or Hurts fall to you in the middle of round three. But all right, let's move on to— And if they are, take them. I don't know how the hell we're going to do this. I'm just like so late on this. Um, okay, let's see. Team eight is one I wanted to look at individually, and then we'll do teams nine through 12. They're in a similar teams nine through twelve are in that. Okay, I think I could get a pretty good running back in round two, mm-hmm. right? That's where Pollard yep. and Henry and Chubb are going. Team eight is Jacob Gibbs. He is the he only team. It. See, I don't, I don't agree. But all right, you go ahead. You can say he crushed it. He is one of the one of the two teams that does not have a top seven quarterback, t- top eight quarterback, or top seven tight end. He, you love this bill. I mean, Jamie loves receiver, receiver, receiver. So yes. he started Tyreek Hill, Garrett Wilson, Calvin Ridley, then Damian Pierce, then David Montgomery, then Rashad White, uh, Deshaun Watson's his quarterback. Greg Dulcich is his tight end. Um, go ahead. Why do you think Jacob crushed it? I mean, you're talking about potentially three top 15 receivers in a league where we start three, and most people are begging for a second receiver, or a lot of people are begging for a second receiver, and he's got three guys like that. I don't love Montgomery as a second running back, but Damian Pierce is fine as your number one guy there. And so who could else? Who else could he have had? Um, which direction are we going there? Uh, he could have had Kamara. He, he could have had Rashad White, James Conner. Yeah, James and we Cook. got White. If, it, if it's James Conner, I like that a lot better. If what if Pierce, it's Ad, Connor, Aaron White, Jones? Well, that's he was long gone. He no, he wasn't. When he took Pierce? No, when he took Montgomery in round five. Okay. 
Um, all right, yeah, so- I mean, look, Deshaun Watson is is what it is. You know, he he. I'm surprised he didn't take Richardson because he's a Richardson guy. So, you know, I don't love Watson, the combination of Watson and Watson and Dolchich. But I mean, I know how I approach tight end. I took Dalton Schultz, but there are guys I like better that are, are still on waivers. Dave, do you like a three receiver? Tyreek Hill, Garrett Wilson, Calvin Ridley start. When it's those three wide receivers, you've got to love it. The difference is that everywhere else on his roster, you look at it and you go, well, yeah, it might work. It might not work. And so what I what I feel like when you do something like this is you've got to be ready to do some work on making your team better. And everybody should anyway. But you know that you can't necessarily count on Pierce and Montgomery to for sure be starters. And you can throw White in there as your flex every single week of the season. You'd feel better if there were other running backs there. But Pierce is still pretty good. Watson, I like. You're streaming tight end. Bench depth is fine, if not pretty, pretty good for running back. This build is fine. It's yeah. it's totally. But but I wouldn't do this in a half PPR league where you only have to start two wide receivers. This okay. is this is like a special for full PPR and three wide receivers. Like that to me, there's a huge difference between using this build for this format versus other formats. If you want Jamie to like your team, draft three receivers. Sorry, <laughs> he loves it. <laughs> Jamie, would you have preferred, after Tyreek Hill and Garrett Wilson, would you have preferred the combination of Jameer Gibbs and DeAndre Hopkins or Calvin Ridley and Damian Pierce? That's a great question. Um, Ridley and Pierce. Dave, same thing. Gibbs and Hopkins or Debo or Metcalf or Calvin Ridley and Damian Pierce. Ridley and Pierce. Really? Yeah, I'm surprised because I would have. Okay, all right. Well, uh, you don't like that. Who do you like? I best? think I like the Gibbs uh, Hopkins side better. See, I, I wonder how you guys feel about Pierce. Like, you know, he's coming yeah. off a nice performance in the preseason. Well, where he played, no, not- he played every snap, but he didn't play every snap with C.J. Stroud. He played every snap until they took him out of the game and they brought in right. Evan Singletary. First two series, including everything in goal to go. So I don't know what that split's going to be like, and also. Um, I think they might once again have a terrible offense. Their line has not looked good. And Stroud, people were saying he got better. Like he, I think he was doing he that did. against the backups. So I'm worried about their offense. So seeing him as a top 40-ish pick, it was like 42 in this, mm-hmm. right after Ramondre Stevenson, like feels like there should be more distance between Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Pierce. Do you yeah, think? Yeah, no, this- I, I, think, I think to Dave's point, if it's Aaron Jones, we yeah. feel better about it. Yes. Yeah. I would, yeah. Uh, do, do you think this offense will be better than where Houston was last year? Yeah, probably, but I still think they're going to have a bad offense. They don't have a lot of talent on their offense. Okay, well, I mean, Pierce averaged almost 14 PPR points per game from week two on, including a yeah. game he like barely had work in in week 12. With, with very and this, and this, is, this is a situation where if, if what we saw, at least in the last preseason game, holds, if yeah. he's playing on – more passing down scenarios. Forget about if he's getting the ball, but just getting those opportunities. You sure. know, that should lead to him getting the ball. But if he's getting those opportunities, you're going to be pretty happy about Damian Pierce. It seemed like their game plan I, was... I can't see this offense being worse than it was a year ago. No, no way. No. And, and they'll get better as the season goes on. Um, the, it seemed like their game plan was Pierce for two series, Singletary for one. And if that holds into the season, you'll love Damian Pierce. All right, we have a hard out in five minutes, and we also have to stick around for five minutes to answer questions to anyone who donates. So I apologize for rushing the end of this, 
But teams 9 through 12, Dave, as I mentioned, now you start to get into that, well, I think I can get Pollard or Chubb or Henry. Now, this was a pretty running back uh, heavy draft. McCaffrey, Eckler, Bijan, and Barkley were all off the board at this point. They went ahead of Tyreek Hill. They went ahead of Cooper Cup. So maybe if you're drafting 9 or nine through 12, or 10 through 12, uh, no, 9 through 12, 9 through 12, sorry, you could be looking at maybe Bijan falls, maybe Barkley falls, something like that. You could be going RBRB. Is this the best time to go RBRB? I will say I did that in the FFT Open with Barkley and Pollard from the 10 spot. Do you like RBRB? I don't hate it. It's absolutely a way to go. And based on ADP, when you're up in rounds three and four, you're going to see some wide receivers there that you'll be happy to start. So it, it really comes down to how you feel about the running backs that are there. If you're over the moon about Nick Chubb and Tony Pollard, you can try for that for sure. What I what I look at when I'm in late round one, and I did that in this draft, how many great receivers are left? How many great receivers went in front of me? Who might be there at wide receiver when I pick again in early round two? Compare that to the running backs. This was an easy decision for me. All that was left at wide receiver um, was Diggs and Lamb. I was sure that Lamb would get picked before I would go again. St. Brown was also there. Those guys are all in that same range. Brown, A.J. Brown, too. But I had a feeling that one of Pollard, Henry, Chubb would make it back to me in round two. So I took Diggs, highest rated receiver on the board. But how did you decide to take Henry in round two after taking Diggs instead of Garrett Wilson or Devontae Adams? Because I wanted to get a hero RB. I definitely wanted to have at least one running back on my team through my first two picks. But if I told you that you could get, based on ADP, one of these five players... Okay. Mixon, ETN, Gibbs, Ramondre. I guess it's four players. Uh, they, yeah, yeah, because I don't think you're getting Jacobs. They just don't have the same upside as that tier of Pollard, Henry, no, and Chubb. I know that, but also you're you're downgrading at wide receiver. So let's say you get— let's say it's, Well, hold on. Let's say it's— You took DJ Moore in round three. You could have taken Jameer Gibbs there. Would you rather have had Jameer Gibbs and Garrett Wilson or Derek Henry and DJ Moore? Henry and Moore. Jamie, how do you feel about that? Um, making the decision between RB in round two, whether that's Chubb or Henry or Pollard, uh, and then a wide receiver in round three, or taking like a Jameer Gibbs in late round three and one of those Devontae Adams or Garrett Wilson, maybe Amon St. Brown or A.J. Brown falls to you in round two. Yeah, I would have. I mean, if for me, Chubb and Henry, there's a little bit of a distance, so I would have taken Chubb there and been fine with it. Um, but if the choice was Henry or wide receiver, I'm going receiver and Jameer Gibbs, especially if, knowing if, that those receivers were still there in early round four. What if it were Chubb and uh, versus receiver in round? Like two? I'm saying, I, to me, there's the, it's Chubb. The receiver Chubb to me is a first round pick. Okay, so, so Chubb receiver. Okay, gotcha. I, I would have taken Chubb, no problem. Uh, if the choice is like I said, were Henry versus the receivers, I'm taking the receivers. How do you think teams nine through twelve? should think about drafting quarterback because you probably not, if any of us are drafting uh, nine through 12, we're not getting one of the top three guys most likely. Um, so unless how, you do it in round two. Yeah. Which we're not going to do. So how would you guys draft quarterback? I think RJ did it perfectly getting Justin Herbert. Again, I think Joel took Lamar Jackson too soon. So who knows where he falls. Well, that was, but team, I mean, that was team seven, but uh, RJ had Justin Herbert in round five. This is interesting because teams 10, 11, and 12, 
Dave Richard, Dave Kluge, and, and OJ, they all basically waited. I mean, Dave has Tua and Prescott. Dave Kluge took Daniel Jones and Kyler Murray with his last two picks, and OJ took Anthony, uh, to Anthony Richardson and Aaron Rodgers. So are you more likely from this spot to be waiting at quarterback? Sure. I think I mean, you just, you know, again, play the board. RJ's team is probably my favorite. Yeah, RJ did a good job. Um, I was wrong about our hard out. We have that tomorrow, so I will go a little bit a little bit longer good with this well, team. Well, we were supposed to be doing something at 1030, so we probably have to go. We were? We were. Oh, oh I'm so sorry. Yeah. I didn't know that. All right. You're well, not invited. 15 minutes late to that. I will let you guys go. I'll just say that in the FFT Open, which is a two-receiver league, I had the 10th pick. I went Barkley, then I went Pollard, then I went Calvin Ridley, and then I took Joe Burrow in a two-receiver, six-point-per-passing touchdown league, and I'm very happy with the way things turned out there. So I'm not really downgrading Burrow at all. Um, quarterbacks, I think we're going a little bit early. I think it's certainly possible. You just, you just have to accept from that spot, 9 through 12, you're, you're, unless you're taking Mahomes early in the second round or getting a steal with Allen or Hurts late in the third round, you're probably not going to get one of those top three quarterbacks, but that is fine. Sorry to keep you guys late. I had no idea I was doing that. Um, Let's uh, end our audio version right now, and we'll stick around for YouTube. For those of you listening, appreciate it. Check us out live stream tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, youtube.com slash fantasyfootballtoday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.